mics engaged. Two mics. Two mics. How, how do you? What do you call a mortgage? Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. You are reading that next year. Uh, I did my first year of reading it. Let's take a vote. I'm going <laughs> to vote for The Economist. We can vote for him for everything today because he is in on his couch in pain. Well, he's probably not in pain. He's got a, probably a large amount of pain meds. Fair enough. He did have his wisdom teeth pulled, so we, yeah. we do feel for him, but we are going to probably make some fun of him. Absolutely. All right, we're taking a day off the beers. I know many of our listeners will be disappointed, but it is the middle of Christmas party season, and uh, my both, liver hurts. Yeah, we both uh, liver demolition. I mean, it's Christmas cheer, which is great. But it's great. We're doing a quick episode. We're going to talk about some of our investments, our dividend investments, just for something a little bit break from the norm. Yes, and we'll get to that in a minute. And no beers, so uh, there you are. Yeah. Do you remember the days, I believe the economist said today, the days where you could just start drinking on December 6th and, <laughs> you know, you'd sober up on December 28th and you'd be fine. Man, it's a long month. It's a long month. Great month though. Probably my favorite month of the year. That's too much going on. It's too busy for me. Yeah. I, I feel like they're running around all the time. And yeah. I mean, I don't even get in. We weren't going to do a Christmas episode anyway, so let's, let's get off that topic. And all right. Let's do what we're going to do. Because we're going to talk about some of our, well, I guess most of them are probably dividend stocks, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit about those, our winners and losers over 2019. I thought it would be appropriate for this week's useful tool to be Wealthica. Now, you don't use this, do you? No. Okay. I've been using it for the last year, and it is free, and there are no advertisements on it. Is that the net worth tracker? Yeah, well, it does a lot more than net worth, and that's okay. why I've been using it. So I'm just, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty details here, but it opens up to a very friendly dashboard that you can select a time horizon for your net worth growth over, you know, 30 days, 90 days, up to a year. Right. It gives you a nice uh, visual tracker there. And I mean, let's be fair. I'm a bit of a money nerd, so it's nice to go in here and you're like, oh, it's down. Oh, it's up. I mean, I I don't change anything. Right. But it, it, it's nice to see, right? Yeah. I mean, I update my spreadsheets daily, which is stupid, <laughs> but I just enjoyed it. It changes nothing in my investing plan, no. but I just enjoy doing it. And I think, you know, when you get hardcore into this journey to FI, no matter what point of the journey you're on, crunching your numbers and, and paying attention to them, I think is an important part of the journey. Yeah. Staying and on it, top of it. Yeah, right? It keeps you motivated. Yeah. Too. So anyway, more about Wealthica, you can now, I know a lot of people out there will probably wonder about security. So do your own due diligence. And I don't know how people feel about that, but it is an ASP script that uh, simply pulls the information. There's nothing that can be done to your accounts. So I'm comfortable using it, but some people may not be. Right. But I link it up to my Quest Trade and my TD uh, Direct Investing. And I, w I did have it linked up to my EQ Bank for my <laughs> emergency Emergent, funds. yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I had some problems with that, so I just manually tracked that now. And you can you can put in other assets and liabilities manually. So it's nice because I put in my mortgage, I put in my house, I put in uh, the World Tree investment I have, I put right. in Lending Loop, I put in the Co-Power Bond. So it's nice to just plug all those in. And if there are, you know, every three months there's some changes, or go in and, up and update it. Right. So it's nice as a net worth tracker like that. One of the things I really like because we are going to talk about dividend stocks. There's some great add-ons, and one of them is income, and it goes 
month by month and it charts it. So you can do some really easy math and see what your dividends are month over month and, and right. increasing over year, hopefully. And, and it has a list of every one of your holdings and the dividend they've paid, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I didn't have to build, like, spend all the time <laughs> building the charts in my Excel spreadsheet is what you're you, telling me. You did not. Uh, you well. did not have to do it. So anyway, I've been using it for the last year. I, I really like it, but that's probably because I'm in there too often. But I find it's kind of replaced going into, you know, TD direct investing and going through each account because this aggregates for me. It has right. the margin Puts account, RSP, there. TFSA, like it's, it's nice. So that makes sense. Anyway, it's, I found it useful. Uh, some of our listeners may find it useful too. So uh, you can always give it a trial and then punt it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But it's, like I said, no ads, no costs. So uh, I thought they were going to add on stuff, but they didn't. So there you are. Well, well there you go. There you go. Right. So a little bit shorter show tonight because we've all got places to go and people Christmas to see and things to do and excessive eating to partake in and since, whatnot. Yeah. Since the economist isn't here and it's just the money mechanic and the accountant, we do hold dividend stocks. And I know we did some of that in a previous episode and we got some positive feedback because I know some of the members of the FI community in Canada are using their TFSAs for some dividend investing. Yeah. So let's... Uh, do a little winners and losers. I mean, we should probably start with the bad, right? I think we should start with the disclaimer that this is not advice. This is our opinion. And the show is for entertainment, 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 purposes, entertainment only. purposes only. And that we do not advocate holding a whole portfolio of individual stocks. No. We just do this because we enjoy it. Yeah. Well, uh, well okay. Yeah. But there's a little bit more to that. We want some cash flow from the dividends. Absolutely. Well, yes, Absolutely. But the individual stock picking often yeah, we yeah. are well, doing for fun. We can totally go down the rabbit hole of like index versus stock picking because you guys prove that in the the fake online stock picking contest that we're engaged in. Yes. You and the economist are holding index funds and I am I had to pick I picked some terrible stocks and one You've of those made some bad moves. <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of time to be fair. But anyway, yeah, so we're not advocating for stock picking. But if you are a dividend investor, this is just sort of our take from the year. Right. So losers first, losers first. Okay, go ahead. Let's you, go. I'll, you do one and then I'll do one. I'm going to go with my worst loser to start with, <laughs> which is SIR income fund, which is incredibly volatile. It's a group of restaurants in Ontario. So I think they own like the loose moose grill in Toronto and a bunch of different restaurants, which are inherently risky investments in the first place. Uh, and I'm down 40% Ooh. in the year. They had a dividend cut and it cratered. Oh, that uh, usually does that to those stocks that are basically paying out all their income in. Well, and that's the thing is that it's all based off of they pay out a percentage of sales revenue from the restaurants and restaurant revenue goes down, your royalty revenue goes down. Yeah. So I remember we were in Toronto there for Camp Mustache and we're driving along the main street there and you're pointing out all the restaurants that you owned. Yes. You were proud then. Yeah, I mean, I still, <laughs> as much as I'm down 40%, yeah. like my price earnings is 11 or 12 on the stock. It's now like, even with the dividend cut and then the price cratering, it's yielding like 12%, yeah. which is ridiculous. I And it, the dollar value that I have, like I've got like a thousand bucks in there. Right. So okay. it's not, yeah. So you just, it was hold just on. It was play the- money and I've, I've held it for three or four years. Like I've already got most of my, you know, I think I've got my 40% back in dividends already. Yeah. So. All right. So my first one, the loser is, it uh, goes by Alcana now. Oh, yes. Remember that one? I do remember I that. I mean, seriously, 
It's selling booze. How can you not make money? Yeah, that is shocking. It's just because it's tied so much to the Alberta economy, which we know hasn't been doing so well right. in 2019. So because it, that used to be LIQ, right? It did. So now it's CLIQ. Right. And they changed the name to Alcana because they were supposed to be bringing marijuana on board as well. Of course. Which may still happen. Uh, the Alberta government has given out more licenses for retail cannabis than any other province, though. So, so maybe not. I would say that that's not a great business move. Yeah. yeah. So I'm down 29% on that one. And I originally bought it as a, a dividend stock. And I, I learned my lesson because this was back in the day playing around with like sub $10 investments or yeah. stock prices where it's just too volatile to try and expect a long-term dividend in that because the business just isn't worth that much money. It's not a blue chip. So I learned my lesson there and yeah. they cut the dividend. So now I've just, it's like, I don't know, call it one of these legacy stocks where I should have been better. I should have had a stop loss a long time ago. Yeah. So you live and you learn, right? That's the, uh, sometimes these are the cost of education. In yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think all of, well, Actually, no, because my next one is the Slate Office REIT. Oh, yeah, I have that one too. Which also cut its dividend this year. Right. But again, I think it's at like a six earnings multiple. It's still yielding 6.7% on the dividend. Right. I'm down 20%, but the core properties are still solid. And they cut the dividend in order to pay down debt and reduce risk. Okay. So, I am taking it as a market overreaction, and I'm not selling. Right. Well, just pulling up my TD direct investing page here, because I have this in the account, and it's currently paying, well, according to this, what they're telling me, 6.83% dividend. Yeah, that sounds about right. looks safe, because the annual dividend works out to $0.40, cents and their earnings per share on here is 95 So, there's a lot of room for a REIT. That's, that's that's pretty safe. Yeah, and they cut the dividend to pay down debt in order to be able to run another expansion. Right. So it wasn't like a bad business model or something. And this is sometimes where you have to look at, did you cut it because of something that is positive for the business and people just overreact to things? Well, did you look at Slate's portfolio of properties before you purchased it in the first place? Yes. And they have some pretty nice uh, office space throughout Canada. Yeah, they have some great office space, you know, as well as in big Chicago and... Yeah, are they outside of Canada as well? I thought they were... Yeah, they own a plaza in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, but they own like Fortis Place, Fortis Tower, TD Place, you know, like these are some big time office buildings in major centers. They're, yeah. They're, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it long term as well. Agreed. Yeah. All right. It just hasn't performed well, but uh, we're holders of that one too. So my second loser is Chemtrade. Oh, Chemtrade. Yeah, there's always chatter about this one, right? And Oh, well, the Motley Fool loves to tell you that you can lock in a 13% return on your investment with no risk to the uh, dividend whatsoever, which is garbage. Well, that's the thing is, that it, you know, the, the talking heads and pundits of saying there's a dividend cut coming to this one basically all, all year. Yeah. And I honestly don't spend any time anymore on BNN because we don't have cable at home, obviously. But when the I, bullshit news network. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I believe so. <laughs> well, you know, it's when I used to when I was working out of town and I get the luxury of staying in a hotel. It's like, oh, there's BNN for a change. Let's see what crap they're spewing this week. Oh, it's ridiculous. And I'm not taking a shot at them because I'm sure there's very intelligent people that are sitting on there. I just don't Absolutely. spend time listening to what people think is going to happen. Exactly. So Chemtrade is, they are paying a huge dividend, like you said, it's 11.32%, but I'm down 22%. So another one of those is like, okay, 
should I bought it in the first place? I mean, it's again, it's around that $10, $11 mark where you're dealing with a, a smaller company. It's just yeah. under a billion dollar. But so, you take some risk when you take smaller yeah, cap. And that's, that's just it, right? Yeah. I mean, I read into the business and I, I don't totally hate what their business is. Right. You know, so. I guess it's, it's it's a wait and see for me. I'm I'm long long term on it. Yeah, that's same with me and Slate. Like I did, the pl- price fluctuations don't really bother me. Yeah, and I think we should probably make clear too that we're talking these are pretty small positions. Very in small our positions. portfolios. Yeah. Like these ones, these most of these I'm talking about are in my TFSA, and they represent three percent or less of total holdings. Yeah, I don't think so. I think my three combined are less than three percent. Are they? Yeah, yeah. So okay, what was your third one? Uh, Intertape. Oh, Intertape. I own that one too. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, it's actually flat on the year. Yeah. I just happened to buy it at 17 and it's sitting at 16. You know, when we started doing this exercise here, just looking at some of these things, I noticed, of course, we all remember there was sort of a, a correction last winter. Yeah. And so a lot of these companies are looking pretty flat this time of year. They, they climbed in the early months and then they've been on a sort of slow decline for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically we had a bear market. We were over 20% drop in December last year. it was like year. 19 and people didn't call it a bear market because it didn't <sighs> quite hit 20. I, yeah, you might be right. It might have only the been whole 19 thing, right? point because something. Everyone's like, we've been in a bull market for the last 10 years. It's like, uh, we missed a bear market by 1%, people. Yeah, I, I think mean, it was less than 1%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm calling it a bear market. Okay. All right. The great 2018, 2019, December, January <laughs> bear market. Yeah. All right. Any more for ITP? Again, that's another one where I like the business. I like the business. It's, it has a track record of increasing dividends. It pays a 4.5% dividend, or f- I think it's four, up to 4.8 now. Uh, Somewhere 4. around 5, according to TD. There you go. But its earning per share growth over the last five years has not been great. It hasn't been great. It's so. been stagnant. But hey. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, we're playing around in that. You know, well, now we're up into the fifteen sixty or fifteen to twenty dollar market, right? So it's still not a big cap stock, but its market value is just shy of a billion dollars. Yeah, so it's not it's not nothing, as we like to say. No, it is not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my third and final loser was Nutrien. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I probably should not have gotten into this stock, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you remember when Potash was the like, shit? amazing yes i do (laughs) and again it's another one of those is like they have market share they have a bit of a moat yeah around that business right now i did see some news about um what's it bhp billion or whatever it is yeah and australia talking about something to do with a nutrient so nutrient is a potash minor minor yeah i believe it it was something that merged with the potash corp of saskatchewan wasn't it did yeah it did yeah so, yeah, I've again, it's a pretty small holding, but it's definitely done nothing over this year. But this one is... It pays a dividend, doesn't it? it? Yeah, I'm just going to pull that up. It pays 3.84%, so nothing Not, wrong with that. No. It is a big company, $35 billion market cap. Yeah, that's a very large company. So, it is a Canadian blue chip, and I, I don't feel uncomfortable holding it for a long period of time. Right. So, yeah, I'm just going to hold on to that, but it was uh, it has not performed well in this year for me. Yeah, fair enough. Whew. Well, you know, we're done we took, with the yeah, negativity part of it. Yeah, we took some hits. <laughs> Minor hits. Yeah. You want to start with your first winner? Sure. I will start on, because we talked about sustainable investing, mm. I invested in TransAlta Renewables. Oh, yeah. Which has been very good to me this year. I'm up 12.5%. And it pays a solid 
you know, six plus percent dividend. What is that TRW or something? RNW. Okay. I never got into this one. Yeah. That's, uh, it's been very good to me this year. Okay. Nice. And it's got a very nice dividend yield as well. 6%. Yeah. And their renewables are there. Uh, and I don't know this company very well. It's, it's all a Canadian or are they international or international. It's a spinoff of Transalta. So okay. it's mostly owned by them. Okay. Uh, you're going to hold it long-term. That's the plan. Yeah. What's your, what's your gains for the year? Uh, 12 and a half percent. Did you say that already? Yes. I, was I did listening. say that already. I was clearly my brain was <laughs> yeah, engaged you on were, my screen. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing something else there. <laughs> All right, nice. Well, 52 week range was $9 to $15. So, yeah. Yeah. That one looks pretty good. Yeah. What were your original metrics when you decided to buy that? Is it because they're the renewable space or? I want, I was looking at like what the best renewals were and it had one of the better price earnings ratios. Um, I like the dividend, the free cash flow. So, just for our listeners, when you say the price earnings ratio, this is a number that we always look at. Yes. And you'll probably hear people say that when it's, under 15 it's a deal or you know what's your number do you have a number i don't really like to go over 15 yeah like so that's its price to its earnings yeah ratio your price per share divided yeah. by your earnings per share gives yeah. you your price earnings ratio exactly and really terrible stocks like pot stocks <laughs> for a very long time we're at price earnings ratios of like 200 should we just like go on record for saying we didn't even need to pick pot stocks as our losers for this year because they've done terrible. Right. But I also don't invest in them. So I That's can't right. pick them. We're, as we're my talking loser. about investments, not speculation. Exactly. We, I go. did speculate in pot stocks and I made a little bit of money and now I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Transalta Renewables. Well, I have something in this space as well and it's uh, Brookfield Renewables. Yes. Brookfield Energy Partners? No. Well, it's BEP, so yes, I think yeah, that's yeah. probably its technical that's name. That's what its technical name is. But yeah. it, yeah, it's B. We should have been doing the tickers on all these when we talk about them, shouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. What do you learn? Episode 21, and here we are. This is 22 now. I lose track. Well, The Economist isn't here, so let's count it as a half. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, BEP.UN is Brookfield Renewable. Now, it's a limited partnership. It's in my TFSA, so it's not a big deal. Now, I guess, are you all yours in registered accounts? Yeah. Okay. Every well, everything I'm talking about here. Yeah. I do have some non-registered investments, but yeah, mine, mine too. I have one that's outside, but it, that's why we're not talking about tax loss harvesting or any of that stuff. We can, yeah, we can cover that at the end. But anyway, yeah, uh, BEP. Everything in the renewable space is hot right now. Yeah. Um, do you think it's going to continue that way, or is this seems like that's the way things are going? Because a lot of does, a lot it? of money is flowing into that space. Yeah. A yeah, lot we, of people are investing in green technologies and that, and you're kind of riding that wave. You think we? Better take take a close look and check for greenwashing, though. I, I keep hearing, now that I've heard, know what that term means, I keep hearing it come well, up. I think it's a huge part of it, yeah. Yeah. So, Brookfield, I mean, if you're not familiar with the Brookfield group of companies, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different assets that are apparently very well managed. There's, yeah, uh, they're well respected. And the Brookfield Renewable, I'm up 61% this year. Wow. Yeah. I got I got very lucky. I'm not I didn't time it at all. I just got lucky. And they're paying a four point three one percent dividend yield on the current value. It's an eleven billion dollar company. I am long, long, long on this one. Yeah. Like never sell. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Even I thought about getting into that, but I, I went with uh It's pricey. It is pricey. It's pricey. You're that was at. a lot of my reason is I could get into 
with the play money, I'm using a lot lar- smaller, and I went for the more shares of Transalta instead of the few of Brookfield. You know, it's interesting because I've been caught on that before, right? Because I know it's, you, you look at it okay. doesn't make sense. I'm not saying it's a responsible investing <laughs> decision. We should caveat that on all of this. But a lot of the times, I'll do the math and go, well, for example, if I was in uh, Transalta Renewables. I could probably afford to invest enough to drip a complete share. Are they monthly payers or quarterly? Monthly. They're monthly. Yeah. Oh, so you probably need a couple hundred shares for monthly, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's three grand, roughly. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you're compounding, getting two extra shares or sorry, an extra share every month. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes down to the percent at the end of the year, what your dividend yield is. It doesn't really make a difference, but psychologically somehow, it's easier to convince yourself to buy the cheaper stock because it feels like you're getting more. Yeah. Do you and, know what I mean? And I just liked the company better. <laughs> okay. I was wrong. <laughs> no, you weren't. But I still made a game. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. I'm still up. Yeah, right on. The other thing I think we should make note of here is that these are paper gains and losses. Mm. I have mm-hmm, not disposed mm-hmm. of a single stock this year. Absolutely. No sales. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think I made a single sale in 2019. Well, I think that's a good thing to point out because we're not trading these. No. These are investments we've decided to be holders of. Yeah. I own We're not these trading companies. in and out. We're not trading in our TFSA. We're not trying to trade in and out of these positions. These are long-term holds. Well, they are for me. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I will admit that there's certain points where I have certain holdings that have grown and I'll take a little bit off the table. Yes, I will do I'll that myself. I'll take some gains. And because I, I look at the percentage of that p- particular position within that that portfolio or my overall portfolio. Yeah. And if I feel it's too high, then that's too much risk for me. Yeah. So I take some gains. I will also say that if I feel that a company has gone toxic, I will also actually sell a loser. I just don't feel like any of these investments are worthy of being sold. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. All right. Your second winner? Uh, Fortis. Good old oh, Fortis, right? Fortis. Doesn't everybody love Fortis? You get a nice dividend increase every year. What is it? 47 straight years? <sighs> they are uh, one of the aristocrats for sure. Uh, I think I'm up 17% on the year. Yeah. I got a pretty nice looking chart here going for the year. Slow and steady. 3.6% dividend yield. Yep. Pretty um, pretty high price to earnings though. It's creeping up there. Yeah, it's 24, 23.45. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, it's a really well-run business. And you know, it go- goes back to one of those things that we all use some form of- Energy. Energy, yeah. Well, I was going to say like home heating. Yep. Right. But it's not just home heating. They generate power, electricity. They, yeah. So Fortis has done well along with the rest of the utilities in Canada this year. And I think they're getting a lot of the rise from the renewable talk, the renewable situation that we were talking about earlier as well. Yeah. Well, and a lot of those big utilities companies have been starting to invest in renewables as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Fortis. Yeah. I like that one as well. Big company, $19 billion. It's a Canadian blue chip. It's going to be in all your indexes anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, okay. My second winner is Embridge. Oh, Embridge. Didn't you just get a 10% dividend increase? I did. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Embridge. But, you know, we talked about green investing and socially responsible investing and things like that recently. And, and, you know, Embridge is going to be in like the top 10 of everybody's index funds as well. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to defend myself for holding it because I think it's a... It's a good company. It's done really well this year. Yeah. Got about, well, 16% gain on that. They pay a really nice dividend, 5.8%. Yep. 
it's, I don't know. There's not much I can say about it, really. It's it's a giant Canadian company. Yeah. And it's well-managed. And I think, you know, the other thing, the other company that's done really well in the space is probably Pembina. Yeah. Right, PPL. Pembina Pipeline. Yeah. Now, this one's interesting, though, because Enbridge, I hold it in my non-registered account. Oh, really? Yeah. That's your, one of your non-reg? Yeah. Well, you tried to talk me into doing options a while back, <laughs> options trading. So I was. Let's <laughs> not blame me for this. Um, yeah, I'm going to blame you. The oh. economist is not here. Uh, fine. So it, it became a mark. I've considered transferring it into my RRSP. Not just selling covered calls? <laughs> well, it's, that's just it. <laughs> but what's the point with one contract? Yeah, that's yeah, the more than little, one contract. Anyway, we won't go down an options rabbit hole in this show. But yeah, so I'm not really sure what to do with it because I've got paper gains on it. Yeah. I'm paying tax on the dividends. Yep. So I think this year I'm going to have a close look at, because we're going to get new contribution room in the TFSA, maybe it's a holding I sell, pay my taxes... Yep. And then rebuy it in my, I wait the 30 days, rebuy it in my TFSA. Yeah. Or I make an in-kind contribution to my RRSP, depending That's on what. That's also an option. Yeah. So I've got to figure out what to do with that. Or because it's a Canadian blue chip stock that pays a dividend, leave it in the non-registered because that's where you want to hold those anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, right? So people are going to be faced with these decisions, right? The further down the path to FI you get is what do you do with these things? Yeah. Because you need to look at the your complete portfolio, not just like and one I mean, thing over here. Or at there. the end of the day, if you are retired or FI living off your investments, you want your Canadian dividend payers in your non-reg. Exactly. So that's where Enbridge should be. Like that's it's where right. it is right now. It's just so don't bother moving it. Why would you bother taking taxes on it when you could just pay taxes yeah, on a dividend and not? I'm a long way from FI, so why pay taxes on those dividends? Today? Are you that long way? Well, Coast Fi. There you go. <laughs> Still have to work. All right. What's yeah, your, the, uh, the three days a month that you're working these days is... <laughs> podcast. I'll cry for you. <laughs> hey, the bathroom's coming along. I showed you. Yeah, the bathroom is coming along. I'll give you that. Longest project ever. Probably should have just gone to work. Probably should have gone to work. What's, yeah. your, what's your last winner? Uh, my best one of the year was First National Financial Corp. They do... Mortgage lending, don't they? They do do mortgage oh, lending. Oh, this is interesting because I remember we talked about this one and I kind of shied away from it. But then we talked a lot about mortgage lending in the show that we interviewed Kevin. So <laughs> yeah, I'm up 40% on the year. So that's not a mortgage investment corporation though, is it? No, it's more of a like financial services corporation. But right. They also like they lend mortgages. Oh, it's almost, they? it's more of a bank without being a bank. Okay. Uh, what is it called? What's it called? First National? First National, yeah. I'm just going to pull it up here. FN is the ticker signal symbol. Ah, uh, yeah. I do remember talking about this one. It so that Did you buy it at a really good time? Because it looks pretty flat on the chart over the year. Uh, Well, it's at 42 right now. Oh, I'm, I'm at Simmons First National Corporation. <laughs> Thanks, Yahoo Finance, for taking me to the wrong place. <laughs> I'm like, it was not in any way, shape, or form flat. <laughs> Oh, 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 that one's green. It looks way better. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, pff, nice yield. Yeah, that, that might be something worth looking into. I it's, don't know. Yeah, it's still yielding north of 4%. I mean, when I first bought it, it was yielding 6 Yep. But obviously, that yield's come down with 
the over $11 of yeah. share increase in the year. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's a good win. Good, good choice there. I, yeah. I just about said good picking there, but you've done your research and you you own this for a reason. I own it for a reason. Yes. Absolutely. Good one. Okay. My final one is also in the financial sector. It's National Bank. Oh, National Bank's had a good year. Now we hear from everybody that we track that talks about dividend investing, that everybody like the Canadian banks are everybody's darlings. Of course. Right? Like that's the, you put those in your dividend portfolio. That's what you do. Yeah. So I got into. Which if you own an index fund, you'll own every single Canadian bank. Exactly. So. Well, it's, we're not talking to the index investors today. Right. Because we right. are index investors too. Yes. I mean, that's this the, is the bread a and butter. very small portion yes. of screw around money. Yeah. Well, National did fairly well this year. It's up 24%. Pays 3.9% dividend yield. Yep. It's, I'm holding it my RRSP, so it's hidden away, never to be touched. Ever? I don't know. Well. That's true. It's RSP, so I am going to have to figure out how. You're going to leave everything to me, right? <laughs> we need to talk to uh, <laughs> Mrs. Money Mechanic about that. <laughs> we can put FI Garage I feel into like, our yeah, yeah, I feel like it might not go over so well. Yeah, well. So, yeah, those are the winners and losers. Uh, Other than that, I like taking my index funds out of the picture because those did pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. On my general just... I still own probably another handful of individual stocks and a lot of it was just very flat. Was it? Yeah. So do you count your dividend income as a pacifier to sort of get you through that? Did you, did you choose like these ones we talked about? There were, most of them were referring as dividend stocks, right? Yeah. Was that the major part of your decision to buy it as well as the financials, obviously, but yeah, it's, it's more to be there for a cash flow cushion. Because you know, there's the people out there that are all about total return. Yes, I know. People <laughs> people love to argue about total return. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm on board with you on the the dividend screeners that I ran and yeah, the companies. What else do you want to add? Um. Oh, you remember our useful tool LastPass? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like LastPass? It's annoying. I got locked out of website development because it made a password that I didn't know what it was, and then it promptly didn't give me that password. That's generally not how it's supposed to work. (laughs) (laughs) There may be some user error on my I was going to say, that sounds a lot like user error. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to lie, but I'm struggling to get through it. And and I kind of liked having to remember some passwords. Don't want to get early onset dementia or what you're trying to exercise your brain a little bit. I guess that's where I might be going with that. Yeah, I think it is. It's like, it's like remembering your mother's phone number. I got it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Took me a second, but yes, I do have that. Oh, here's one for you. Oh yeah. Go ahead. What's your dividend income up for the year? Ooh, like year over year? Year over year. I haven't done that math yet. Percentage growth on dividend. That's a very good question. I'm not going to throw out a number because I don't know. Fair enough. And it's not the end of December yet. And it's not the end of December yet. Do you know what yours is? Like the growth? The year over year? Because this is kind of where you're seeing some compounding action, right? Well, yeah. I think I'm up 96% dividend growth, but I put a lot of money into the market last year. That's the hard part, right? Is yeah, like, you'd really have to get in your spreadsheet to take out what your additions were and how that impacted. Well, that's it's not reasonable because I put a lot. <laughs> I took a lot of, fu- I had a lot of funds to put into the market this year. Nice. Right on. Well, 
getting to the end of 2019. Hope everybody's been saving for their TFSA. And uh, I hope you're ready for yeah your yeah, January 1st January contribution 1st, room. Fire it in and decide what index fund you like or what dividend stock you like. And uh, happy investing. Happy investing. And we'll hope the economist feels better after his swollen cheeks go down. Yeah, we need pictures of that. Oh, we should have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get him on the show just stuff like sliding ice cream into Yeah, well, his eyes are rolling in the back of his head from all the T3s. <laughs> right on. Well, that was a short little quick take here. End of the year, our winners and losers of 2019 dividend investing. Shoot us a line on the website. What were your biggest winners and losers of the year? Yeah. Are we totally out to left field? Should we be dumping some of these or what's going on? We're not professionals. Are we complete idiots? <laughs> actually, don't answer that. <laughs> yeah, no. We, we can act like complete idiots, but we don't want to actually be complete idiots. Right. Right. All right. Till next time. Thanks for listening. Over and out. <laughs>